people going back to work um, earlier this week from obviously from Monday or first of June. Businesses that's mm. that's not in, in terms of compliance. You know what? I, I'm sure there's lots of businesses that try their utmost to make sure that they comply. And then there's businesses that just what's what's been doing? What's happening with regards to so that? So my first point there is to say that it doesn't make business sense not to comply. Um, if you're a business and you're reopening and you don't comply with sanitizing, cleaning surfaces, masks, rules within your business, yeah. well, the first thing that's going to happen is people that work in your business are going to get sick and then you're not going to have a business anymore. Yeah. The second thing is if you don't do that, your customers who come to your business are going to pick up a virus at your business and they're going to get sick as well. And that doesn't make sense making your customers sick. So I really don't get it because it makes good business sense to have good business practices. And right now the new normal means you've got to have really good business practices. That's the first point. The second point is obviously this does happen and I get really concerned when it does happen. And please, when you see it happening, if you are working in a business that are not following the rules, yes. send uh, our Department of Economic Development a message. Um, they will get hold of either themselves or the Department of Labor. They'll come in and have a look and deal with this issue. Um, or mail service at westerncape.gov.za and ask them to send it across to our department. Uh, just Google our numbers. You'll, you'll see all of our contact numbers for the call center mm-hmm. because we must report this. Um, it, it must be dealt with. But, I mean, I don't, I don't I don't understand it because it makes good business sense yeah. to be a good business. Of course. And um, we just got a, a message that just came in high. When will we be able when will we be able to walk one meter off the path and on the, beach? the beach? The law is <laughs> illogical and I can't see see any difference from path to sand. Now this comes from Michelle all the way out in Velcom with Belville. Um yeah. Uh, I mean, I've had so many calls, uh, whether it's walking on the beach, I mean, and illogical, it doesn't make sense to me. So yeah. if you're down at Musenberg and you've got to walk along the little pathway or you're at Monwa BC or you're at Strand or you're at wherever, you've got pathways which are quite narrow and you've got this big wide open beach and what we're trying to do is stop the spread. So you need to have space. So it really doesn't make any sense to me. See, the courts have even said that the logical regulations uh, need to be re-looked at, but unfortunately that the court didn't overturn them, uh-huh. so they still are in place. Um, and of course, the minister's got to reply to that court uh, that court finding within uh, two weeks. Um, but really, the, and that's what I've always said from the beginning: they need to be common sense laws, yeah. and their main purpose is to slow the spread of the virus. If it's not slowing the spread of the virus, it doesn't make any sense to me. And, uh, I mean, that's why they got challenged, and that's why the court found that, that it did. But, unfortunately, I know you'd like me to give you the answer to say walk on the beach. Please don't, because, you know, someone's going to arrest you, and then it's that's, that's, that's not really the right that's not really the right. <laughs> so, folks are still out there wanting to send a WhatsApp message. Uh, the number is 061-862-1065, or you can SMS us as well. The keyword is code. 19 to 32158 followed by your question your name the area in which you reside uh, each sms cost one rand and also if you are on facebook live and i see i see all the messages send us your message uh, type it on your screen and we'll definitely uh, relate to the the premiere this evening um a message we received from uh, facebook live is from shahida paniza she is saying that schools are issuing parents with ultimatums uh, regarding de-registering their kids what are the parents rights 
so I presume this is where a parent has decided they don't want to send their, their uh, child, child back, back to yeah. school. Um, and obviously their rights are that they can make that decision. Um, what we really want you to do is uh, make sure that you, you engage with the school and your reasoning for it. Um, and then we will arrange that you can get your lessons uh, for the next three months or whatever if you're making that choice because your child has got a comorbidity or maybe they maybe you're worried about risk at home, yeah. etc. Um, so, so put that motivation through. If you don't, uh, if you don't come right, then also contact the department. Mm-hmm. I see the message here from Premier um, uh, Windy. Uh, you released a statement saying that non-high-risk people should stay at home if they have any COVID-19 symptoms. What is the requirement in terms of employment? Um, as my boss would, I assume, want a sick note. So, I mean, this, what should happen, and and so let's let's and and what you would say to anybody where you're going to work, the first thing they're going to do is they are going to, if they're a responsible business, do screening, right? So they're going to check your temperature, as when I walked into Bush Radio, yeah, right? very, uh, yeah. temperature check. You know? very, very, yeah. so we're doing the responsible thing. So, if you are not feeling well and you get to your place of work and they took your temperature, your place of work would send you home, right? Uh-huh. They would say. Don't bring the risk into this. And in actual fact, what you would do is you'd phone ahead to say I'm feeling unwell and I'm going to uh, quarantine myself or isolate myself. Um, and then, of course, uh, if you work somewhere and you are a person that has high risk, in other words, you've got a, you let's say you've got two comorbidities, you're a diabetic and you've got hypertension. Yes. Then it's not a good idea to go to work anyway. You must try to protect yourself. And and I mean, this is where it does become difficult. Because the person who is hypertensive now stays at home and obviously would want to be paid to stay at home where the person who's not must come and yeah. actually do two people's work. This is, this is not easy. It's, and I think in businesses we've got to sit down around the table and say, let's talk about this. How are we going to deal with it? How are we going to send some work home so that that person at least is going to contribute towards yeah. the business? Okay. And I mean, we, I'm, I'm calling again in the regulations for common sense. I'm calling for common sense in where we as society yeah. operate. Um, and we're going to have to try and work through these issues. But really what we are saying, and especially now, I mean, we've moved to a new testing regime. I mean, these are the difficult decisions we have to make. At the moment, we don't have sufficient tests in our country. Yeah. And uh, our backlog is growing. We've got 28,000 tests in backlog. And so now I have to ration the tests that we've got because it's the right thing to do. We yeah. need to make sure we're protecting the people who need to be protected so they need to be getting tests. In our hospitals, we need to make a decision on whether you go to a COVID ward or you go to the ordinary ward. Yeah. You must be if able you to have flu, for test. example. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and our nurses, right on the front line, we need to be able to regularly test them so that they are sure that they are clear. And... Um, so we're rationing tests there, and of course, anybody that's at risk. So if you're over 55, your tests, you will get uh, in queue for testing. If you've got comorbidities or under 55, with yeah. we're asking people, if you're young and healthy and you feel like you might have some symptoms, please just isolate at home if you're not feeling too sick. Okay. We've got a caller on, online. We just want to, oh, let's just. Uh... Hello. Hello, you can go ahead with your, with your uh, question for the Premier. All right, uh, good day. Um, my name is uh, Eric from Side B Culture. Hello. Yeah, I'm listening. You can go ahead with your question. 
came through about this gentleman that uh, asked about the schools uh, what uh, what is in line what is currently been happening with uh, in terms of cleaning schools up I'm, I'm talking I assume in terms of uh, sanitation and those type of things and uh, with schools that's already open and, and other schools that's that's not been receiving that type of service what what is the plans there okay so first of all for school opening we got a couple of weeks ago we got a government concept that said on the first of June the schools will open we then in the province spent around about 300 million rand we've bought two masks for every learner and we bought two masks for every educator yes we have bought a contrary the tonnage we bought tons of sanitizer tons of soap etc etc <clears throat> and we've sent those out to all of the schools um, before anybody arrived at the school it wasn't really necessary if the school was closed for the whole lockdown yeah um, the virus would never have survived in the school over that period of time but obviously once people start coming into the school then there needs to be a cleaning regime yeah. you need to make sure that you're cleaning all your surfaces you need to make sure you're cleaning the door handles etc and you're setting up there's a there's a set of protocols from the education department but also in your schools that you're taking leadership of the school or taking precautions um, I have visited schools and you it's amazing to see it obviously at the moment you can because one grade is coming back in a whole school so you can social distance it's going to get more difficult as time goes on um, but we, we need people also to use common sense keep cleaning we're sending the cleansing materials um, and anybody who picks up a school that doesn't have it let us know and we'll go and find out why yeah but, uh, of the 1500 schools uh, 98 percent open so 30 schools uh, haven't opened in this week um, for various reasons uh, could be that uh, prior to opening maybe during the lockdown a principal or a teacher did get the virus um, or perhaps uh, I know that one school had a water burst main so there was yep. no water in the school so you can't also break-ins and all the other things Correct, that's so there are 30 schools out of 1,500 and they're busy getting them ready okay a question in the whatsapp message here hi Mr. Premier I see the government just extended this lockdown with a month till the 15th of July what happens after the 15th can they extend each month uh, we all would rather just take everything in our own hands okay so first of all just remember what they've extended they've extended the disaster declaration so uh, within the declaration you then have regulations and lockdown levels so they by law can only have a declaration of disaster that lasts for three months yeah. and then by law you can only extend it month by month so what's happened now is after the first three months they've extended the declaration which means you now have to have regulations within the disaster declaration which could mean levels of lockdown it could also mean other regulations like you can't go to the beach oh. um, I shouldn't have used the negative one I should rather use other <laughs> levels of lockdown that says well no I don't even want to use you can't buy alcohol but um, you know they, they set those rules within that declaration yeah. um, so if they if they allow that to lapse then everything 
would fall away and it would be back to normal. So okay. one would hope that uh, there's also going to be further relaxations and, and, of course, following the court case saying that the regulations, uh, many of those regulations are not just and uh, have to be reviewed. So there will be a review um, on the regulations. And uh, so we mustn't get too worried about that. Um, of course, it's a tool and a lever. Um, and we will also be really arguing and pushing the fact that we, we need to keep that balance right yeah. between a health response and a humanitarian. Which is so important. A uh, message here from uh, Facebook Live from Elaine Fourie. A question is, there is a lot of confusion uh, with regards to travel permits from West Coast to George, for example. SAP says yes, and our counsellors are saying no. Please direct us. Okay, so thank you very much for that question. And... Uh, Remember now that we've moved uh, from level four down to level three. Level three says that you can move within your province. So if you are going to move from the west coast to the garden route, that would be fine. If you were going to move from the west coast to uh, Nelson Mandela Bay, it wouldn't be fine because that's across the provincial border. But I'm also going to say what is the reason that you are moving for. Um, if it's to go and visit your family, I'm going to say, and especially if it's to go and visit your mom, perhaps, who's elderly and at risk, I'm going to say that's not a really good idea. Um, but you don't need a permit within the province to move. But you must also remember, we are, are saying to everybody, the new normal is responsibility, responsibility, responsibility. Slow down the spread of the virus. So you can move interprovincially. You must have a good reason why you're going to. I'm not going to say that we need permits for you to do that, but please apply your mind. Yeah, which is so important, and uh, of course, especially if you are going to visit the elderly uh, and they are at high risk. Uh, a message here from via WhatsApp from uh, a gentleman, uh, Peter from West Beach. He says, Mr. Wendy, when can we go back to work in the hotel industry? Uh, what is the difference between uh, 40 kids in a class at school and 40 patrons in a hotel restaurant? That's from Peter. And when can I buy cigarettes? Actually, just this threw that in there as well. It's important. Okay, well, I'll start with the cigarettes. Hopefully there's a court case as well that uh, or either those regulations uh, are not uh, allowed to be appealed and they have to come back with some, with some uh, regulation that uh, has some common sense in it and then that's only when you'll get your cigarettes again. Um, and, uh, but the other point around the hotel industry, and it's a very good question, um, and I have noticed that in other parts of the world what they're doing is they're starting to put up uh, perspex uh, screens between people sitting in a restaurant. They're starting to put up little glass booths so that, you know, you don't spread the virus from where you are. Um, uh, so they are becoming creative. The big problem is how quickly we can get airlines operational again, etc. And I think it's still going to be a while. Um, so the tourism industry is the one industry which is a big part of our province, which is a, a concern, but it's going to be the most difficult, I think, of our sectors to get back up and running. So, so we need to be creative. Um, we need to find ways in which, especially when tourism starts to open up, you know, how do you get people to come to Cape Town or to come to the Western Cape or to come to South Africa? Now, initially, it's going to take a while with international flights. Yes. Uh, I think we're going to have to find innovative ways that we get local tourism going, but you have to be able to sell a product that says this is safe local tourism. So I understand it's very quick to say, but you can have 50 kids in a 
class or 50 people in a church, yeah. but what about having people in my restaurant? Um, but I also want to say that uh, we know from the from the statistics and the specialists that 50 uh, scholars, 50 learners in a class, the risk is proportionally less than if you had 50 adults in a room um, because adults uh, transfer the virus far easier than than uh, younger people. That's what the statistics are telling us. So of course, and of, if you've got no control of who comes and when they come, if they're just a restaurant that's open, it's going to be much harder to manage. Yeah. But uh, and I don't have a, a further answer than that. But we need to innovate and we need to find ways in which we can advertise that we've got a safe and responsible mm-hmm. tourism business and then I think we can, we can get it open again. Coming back to business and obviously coming back to school, schools is for a lot of ch- uh, youngsters uh, obviously travel by uh, have transport. Correct. And, and obviously during this time, um, most of the kids, obviously, most or in fact all kids were at home. But now just getting back uh, into the routine of going back to school, I received a message here from via Facebook Live from Lester Smith. He says, I transport scholars and I do need, do I need a travel permit? And how many learners can I take? Okay, so you still keep to the rules and the regulations around percentage within your vehicle. Um, so uh, public transport is 70%. In actual fact, we even advise 50%. Yeah. And uh, so if you were responsible and talking to your to your customers, say 50%, and of course it's much easier to do that in the beginning when schools are going back with small yeah. With only a, a grade, um, as soon as that starts opening towards well, towards August, you can be any innovative in terms of. So, and our problem is, it's going to cost too much because if we're going to have fifty percent, that means you're going to put twice the number of vehicles mm. on. So, we're going to have to become much more innovative, um, and of course, we're going to have to watch the risks. But at the moment, it should still be okay. Um, but as we get closer to more and more grades coming back, I think it's going to be difficult, and we're going to have to work out. And I will ask Lester and say, guys, you in the business. Come to us also with some good ideas of uh-huh. how you think it's going to work. We could, maybe you're going to have to do two trips instead of one. We're going to have to work. Yeah. Let's just hear our lines, our phone lines. Um, hello. Hello. Hi there, sir. Yeah, I just wanted to ask a question quickly to you. You may. Um, what did he... Hello. Yeah, you can go ahead. Hi. I just wanted to find out, um, you know, the um, the Western Cape uh, coronavirus website has got a list of um, areas which is infected, you know, the, the Western Cape list. But that has last been updated on the 20th. When will that be updated again? Because, I mean, uh, the, the um, what is it, the, the page that you actually get the live feed, that is all okay. But when you go and want to download the, the, the page where you actually get area by area, so for instance, for Athlone, how many people are infected in that area, uh, that, that document is like, was last updated on the 20th. So when are we going to get that updated again? Okay, thank you very much to our caller. 
Um, he wanted to know the Western Cape um, government's website. Uh, he just wanted to know when uh, is it going to be updated in terms of the areas where people are being infected. Because he says the last time it was updated was on the 20th. I was seen on the 20th of, of, of May. So um, he says he wants to, uh, in, for example, if he wants to download uh, the, the, the details with regards to the areas in where uh, people are infected, for example, Athlon, etc. He just wanted to know because he sees the, the live feed. So he just wants some uh, feedback with regards to that. Okay, so I know the main page is updated every day, uh-huh. but I think what he's talking about is when it goes down to much more granular town and suburb level. Um, I'll have to check to see. Uh, I mean, it should be updated every week, uh-huh. um, but I do know that we've asked it to go down to even a lower level. So instead of instead of uh, almost to ward level, where we'll have the numbers, and we'll and I, I, I have seen it from the health department. I have seen that they're now going to say the number of total infections, the number of current infections and the number of recovered yeah. um, but I'm not too sure I'll, we'll have to check it out, it's supposed to be updated every mm. week. So I mean you can just basically just, even if tomorrow or in, or yeah. from Monday on it, just double check to see if it's been updated I'll also push through tomorrow mm-hmm. and find out why it's well, been updated. That will be super. Now uh, we've had this We've had this request before uh, a, a, while, a while back um, in one of our discussions uh, the question is, and uh, this is also from someone on uh, Facebook uh, Live. The question is, please, Premier, the beauty industry, when can we open? We are losing our business. And I mean, this is this is really, really serious. So you've seen there's also some court applications as well to try to, to because, you know, again, it's got to be logical. So if you're allowed to, you know, certain industries can open, but other ones can't, and the logic doesn't make sense. So in the medical industry, you could go to have your eyes tested, which I have done during lockdown. Yes. And, of course, they have strict rules, only one customer at a time, and everyone's got masks and et cetera, but they still get a machine to test your eyes. Yes. Um, why couldn't you have someone doing your hair or Ooh. whatever it is? So I know that there's some court challenges. It's also part of the regulations to say, why in level three do we not allow it? Um, I mean, I even see some of the cartoons going around with the uh, People with all this long hair, yeah. And, you know, it's uh, yeah. but it definitely is uh, it's an issue, and I, mean, I think let's wait for those court rulings mm-hmm. because it's also I mean people are desperate; they can't feed their children, yes. they can't pay their rent. Okay, we've got another caller on the line. We'll just uh, hello there. Good day. Hi there. Good evening. Would you like to uh, just uh, say your question to the premier? We'll be listening. Yes, uh, this is uh, uh, Eric from side B. Um, 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 I just want to uh, ask the Premier, in terms of the, the service in regard to, to the school's affiliations, uh, 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 some other schools like other areas are like Anubu Park, uh, Fishhook and other places, um, everything has been done, but uh, the majority of the schools here in Side B area has not yet been, you know, fumigated and some other stuff. And then the other question is, um, uh, 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 it's about the, 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 the some listener mentioned something about cigarettes, and uh, uh, and then I heard the premier said uh, something about uh, that's very important. So why would that be so important uh, in regard to the schools that needs to be fumigated? Thanks.
Okay, this uh, gentleman uh, is Eric. That's the gentleman's name. He's from uh, Site B. Uh, he was just uh, referring to the services that's being offered to the schools in terms of fumigation that he's referring to. And I'm assuming for the guys coming around, just doing what they do. He's referring to, for example, to Anova Park, to Fishuk, etc. And he's from Site B. He just wanted to know when more or less will that be done. And he's, he's while well, he's listening to, obviously, to the other caller when they spoke about the cigarettes and all that and his question is why would the the cigarettes uh, it should be more important than coming around to doing this making sure that the schools are safe in terms of fumigation okay so obviously schools are and are really important because it's part of uh, the opening up now i as far as i as i know um, it is not a team of people that go around from one school to another yes. every school gets sent the allocation of uh, sanitizer they get a sent an allocation of soap they get a sent sent the allocation of masks yeah and it's up to that school and the school governing body Sorry, to decide, um, you know, what is it that they're going to do? How are they going to do it? Um, there will be minimum requirements, but uh, I think also the school can can think about new things, innovation, and then send it back because what we have seen is some schools coming up with really great ideas. But I don't think there is a company that's going from school to school. We've got 1,500 schools. Mm-hmm. We, would, we would never open the schools. We would never get there. So it is up to each school, and the, and the stuff is sent to that school. If something's not happening at the school, then please they must let us know so we can send someone in quickly to go and find out what's going on because obviously we need to minimize risk. Which is so important. A quick uh, message here via um, a WhatsApp line. A young lady, uh, this is, uh, it's a, it says, a young lady, uh, domestic, wants to go home uh, to an over-EC. She came to Cape Town without an identity, uh, with the documents, I would assume, that's, uh, that's written there. The taxi service provider uh, refuses to take her home. Uh, what must she do? Does she need a, a, to complete an affidavit at police uh, to state that she left idea at home uh you know that's just the question that she's asking but at the moment even under level three we are not allowed to go home um, between provinces mm-hmm. they did open up that window for seven days remember um to say if you found yourself in another province when the lockdown happened you could go home in those seven days but then they closed it again so unfortunately that is not uh, permissible as we are right now on level three um unless it is because of work etc um, and then what's going to have to happen is i presume someone's going to have to you'd either have to go and get an affidavit from the police station to say that your id uh, book is now in the eastern cape yeah and uh maybe even get someone in the eastern cape to to get a copy of yeah. it or something like that and send it to you um and then and the reason that you have to go home is if you have to go home just because you want to go home or well, i don't think you're going to get your permit but if you've got to go home for work or you've got to go home because you, you've got to look after your children or whatever that reason is then you'll be able to get a permit for that but but cross-provincial travel is still not uh not opened up Mm-hmm. We've got another caller on our line. For those of you also on Facebook Live, please don't forget to send your messages. We really, really, really appreciate it. Hello, good evening. Hi, there. Hi, sir. Do you, um, can you. I, s- yeah, what is your name? Please tell us your name. Uh, very important. Ashfaq. Ashfaq. Okay. Uh, and you can just relay your question. We'll be listening to it. Okay. 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 
uh, wanted to know if anyone has considered pool testing, which is a strategy used in Germany, uh, where you take lower-risk individuals and you pool the, you only use one test for all of them. Is that it? Is it? Hello? Is still there? Yeah. yeah, that's it. Okay, so you're, you're speaking about pool testing. Is that what you're yeah. referring to? Okay, that's pool currently being in, uh, in Germany. Okay. Thank you. We'll listen to the Premier's response. Premier. Yeah, so thank you very much. It is uh, something that the department is looking at now because we have got a problem with the number of tests available, the test kits available, yeah. that we are going to start doing some pool testing. Um, so what that means is you find a cluster, you pull them together, you test a percentage in those number of tests. If you find that there's negative or that they all that what you test is negative, yeah. then you class all of them as negative. Um, it obviously does have some risk, but it actually allows you to test um, uh, and and test according to a criteria mm-hmm. um, that kind of gives you a result of what's going on. So because of the number of tests that are down, we are we are starting uh, with trying that out in in some of our our uh, hotspot areas. Okay. Moment. So continue to send uh, to scholars. Okay, another call on the line. We'll take that call. Okay. Hello. Hi, is this the radio program? That, that is correct. Just tell us your name and your question. We'll be listening to your to your question. Okay, so my name is Anneli. I just have a question. Yeah, I continue. Uh, okay, so my uh, my father's been in hospital um, in Cape Town, but actually from the Northern Cape. He's been discharged um, now, and he needs to go home. Is 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 it far, is it allowed if it's interprovincial, like from the Western Cape to the Northern Cape? Like now, obviously, with um, permits and stuff to take him home if he needs to go home. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, we'll relay the question to the uh, to the premier. Premier, do you have a, a this young lady? The question is about a person that was being in hospital. She, this person is obviously discharged from hospital and is on her way to the supposed to go to the Northern Cape. So the question is uh, similar to I would assume to the other one in terms of permit. Does this person need a permit in order to to go home? So again, then it's also a reason. Uh-huh. Um, so you were in hospital because you had an operation or something, and then the lockdown came, and you are now healthy to go home. Um, I think that's a good enough reason uh, to get a permit. Uh, obviously, also depends on your, the mode of transport. How you are going to get, to get home? home yeah. you know, is it a car? Is it a bus? Is it a um, you know, can't fly because because a lot of the sort of regional airports are not open. Um, but if you've got a good reason, then you can go down to your to your magistrate's court or to the police and say this is the reason this was and I need a permit to travel across province. Okay. Let's just go to our WhatsApp line here. Um, good evening, Wanakai, the Premier Allen and to Premier Allen Windy. Thanks for this important program segment. It is much appreciated. Just a question. Sasa, 350 Rand Unemployment Fund. I have applied but have not resp- I have not response up to date. Thanks much appreciated from Sulaiman Davids. Tune in from Altis River. 
Thank you, Suleiman. Um, it is a big frustration. Uh, you know, we have millions of people applying, um, and they've got to go through that SASA office at a national level. And I think, you know, in the beginning we saw it was it was hugely delayed, and the number of people that got it, I think the first round only 10 people came through, and we know millions of people applied. Um, I, I'm not too sure why your specific case, but uh, all I can suggest is that perhaps you contact SASA again. Uh, if you don't come right, then contact our provincial line and maybe someone can help you follow up on it um, because it is, it's a big worry for me that so many people have applied because they, again, I started in the begin beginning saying yeah. that missing middle and, uh, you know, that every little bit's going to count when you're putting food on your family's table. So I apologize. Uh, I, you know, obviously that system that's being run nationally is, is had taken time to get up and running. Um, but if you don't come right, contact our call center. Okay. Continue to send us uh, messages via the WhatsApp, uh, or should I say, uh, from WhatsApp and obviously Facebook Live as well. This is coming from all over. And then, of course, you can call us uh, in studio as well. The number is 0214486266. Uh, WhatsApp, of course, is 0618621065. And if you'd like to SMS, the number is 32158, followed by your question, of course, your name and the area in which you reside. We have another caller on the line. Hello, good evening. Hello, is this a voice of the tip? No, sir. Uh, just tell us your question. What is your name, sir? Oh, my name is Yasin. My question is, um, I want to find out if the ban for the seizures will really be lifted uh, tomorrow. Okay. We'll, we'll, okay. Uh, Premier, uh, there was just a question from someone wanting to know uh, the question in regards to the banning of the uh, cigarettes. When it will be lifted, will it be lifted tomorrow? That's just a question that's coming through. I never heard anything, and I'm not even a smoker. Sorry, I don't know. I mean, obviously, it also is that national court case yes. uh, on the regulations. So that's the big test at the moment, you know, whether some easing will be. And there's, of course, other court cases yes. as well. Um, so I'm not too sure. Uh, I know lots of people are pushing for it. I have said from the beginning it doesn't make logical sense. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you can explain it from a health point of view. Uh, that's what the health department feel they do what, the way they feel about it. But, you know, does it slow the spread of the virus? Yes or no? Mm -hmm. My opinion, no. So they should never have put it in place. But, uh, yeah, we're waiting, we're waiting for those court rulings yeah. and uh, as many as many of those other crazy regulations that should not be. Yeah. So you should just watch uh, media and, and just uh, television and see what the outcome is if you are a smoker. A question uh, just coming via our WhatsApp line and they say, spas or shops, can they open a bit later? That will issue with regards to spaza shops. Yeah, and this level now, um, mm -hmm. are you talking about uh, time-wise into into the night? I, I would assume because it's not a full sentence. Just said and said spaza shop uh, can be open a bit later. Yes. I, so I assume that in terms of yes. time, yes, yes. Okay, so it's an all time. Okay, we've got another call. It's just it's coming from all over. Don't don't be shy. <laughs> Hello, hi there. Hi. Yes, sir. What is your I'm all good, and thank you for calling. What is your name, sir? Please tell us your question. My name is Wasfi, and I, I applied uh, three months ago for my UI treatment, and uh, because I, I was retained from my job, and I've still not gotten any response, and I have called in, I can't get through, so I don't know what to do from you. 
Okay, thank you very much. Uh, we will address the the uh, question to the the premier. Uh, this gentleman said he's uh, he's been retrenched from his uh, job, and he's applied for UIF, um, and he's not received any response yet. And I know we've discussed this the last time as well. Have you any feedback since then? Okay, then again, I'm really sorry because you know this is putting such pressure on people. But uh, please just uh, contact a service at westerncape.gov.za and. And uh, our team will get onto it and then try and link it through to the National Department to find out what's happened to you. Okay. Let's just go to the call. There's a lot of calls coming through. That's, that's cool. Hello. Go on. Hi there. Good evening. Hi there. Um, this is Radio Genetics, right? No. Uh, just give us your name uh, and, and then your question, sir. What is your name? Cool, man. Yes, my name is Khalik. The question that I have, though, is uh, when will hairdressers actually be able to go back to work? Okay, we'll relate to the to, to the pre- okay the it's the same question uh, that's also come through I think through our Facebook uh, live earlier on in terms of address. I just wanting this gentleman wanting clarity as to when it will be be opening. And I'm, if you've answered that, do you, you can reiterate it to the young gentleman. So, so at the moment, obviously, that's the regulations that are being challenged uh, nationally um, and the different levels. Uh, because some of them don't make sense. Yeah. Why this sector but not that sector? And uh, there definitely is a lot of pressure on the moment at the moment legally to say, uh, you know, what is the reason for not allowing it? And it is part of that national uh, regulatory challenge um, that uh, I see now is going to be they're going to appeal the outcome. Um, but I think the sooner that it moves to a higher court, constitutional court, the better. And let's get it done and dusted. Question. Coming from uh, Pete Hanukom from uh, Facebook Live, are you aware of the situation in in the Strand? People are apparently suspected to be uh, tested, uh, uh, well, uh, COVID positive, but the employer refused to pay for the testing of the caretakers or assist them with uh, isolation. What can be done? Okay, so I mean, I don't know about that individual case, mm. but uh, if you go to a private sector testing facility or a private hospital, obviously the individual uh, should pay for that, um, or there must be an agreement that the employer will pay. If that's not in place, I mean, then the people should have gone to the government testing yes. facilities because you don't have to pay for that. Okay, let's just uh, go to our phone line. It's busy. It's buzzing, eh? Okay, it's good. It's busy. Hello there. Hello, sir. Sorry, man. We got cut off for the swash again. I just wanted to find. I heard of the, uh, on the radio they're talking about it now, mm-hmm. but I just wanted the the, um, the website again. I didn't get the website. It's service at two. I think wait for something. Okay, is that with regards to the the website that's not been updated? Yeah, the, with with uh, calling the uh, in connection with the UIF. Oh, with the UIF. Okay. Now, yeah. Okay. No, don't worry. We'll we'll relate to the premier. Okay, yes, uh, premier. Um, the question is uh, that the gentleman that are called earlier on, he said it was cut off um, with regards to the UIF. He just wanted to know the website. Is there a website that you can, can, can engage to find out? The more? easiest one to remember is service at westerncape.gov.za. Okay. And uh, they, they, will, they will challenge you through. I've just heard here on the side that 
uh, the question on the on the testing in the strand could be at uh, an old age home. Oh, okay. Um, and there, please, uh, then someone must send a message through to us. Uh, we will, we will, because we're trying to protect people that are in old age homes. Yes. We need to make sure that people that are tested, if they are tested positive, they go into quarantine and isolation, or that we can isolate that facility, because elderly and people with comorbidities are our focus at the moment. Okay, um, just go to the call. Just one call, and we just go over to our we go. Our WhatsApp line is quite filled up. I think you need another another hour. Okay, <laughs> hello there. Good, good yeah, evening. Hi, yes. can you hear me? I can hear you. What is your name, Adia? It's Diane speaking. Uh, can I ask a question for yes, the you, Yes, you may. We'll be listening to you. Okay. Okay. Right then. My um my daughter is an essential worker. Um, which means that her husband is at home working online with a three-year-old, and he needs to go back to work in the next week or two. What is the possibility of them opening the creche for essential workers? Because I feel that would be a good test for the creches to just start with the minimum amount of kids to get their things in order. Okay, uh, Premier, uh, that was a question from the lady with regards to, uh, in terms of essential workers for, for the uh, creche to open and the market. Yeah. yeah that, that is another one of those conundrums mm-hmm. because we said when schools open, why didn't we open uh, creches, uh, well. creches at mm. the same time? And, of course, why don't we align it to Level 3? Because Level 3 is about, uh, is about opening up the economy. If, if someone can't uh, can't get or, or, or has to stay home or can't get to work because they've got to look after their their uh, young one. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense at yeah. all. Yeah, just sanitizing um, it. And as unfortunately, well, I, I hate giving the same answer over and over yeah. again. But uh, it is sitting in those regulations that are being channeled, challenged. Um, we really need to to get our hairdressers and our ECDs yeah. operational and operational in a new safe way that uh, they don't allow the virus to spread. It makes good business sense, but uh, we need to do it because so many people are put under pressure okay. because they can't. I'm just going to take this call before we go over to the uh, WhatsApp line because we really want to uh, try and answer everyone on the WhatsApp line as well. And Facebook Live, please send your messages as well. Hello, good evening. Hi, good evening. Hello there. What is your name, ma'am? Hi, um, my name's Sadia. Um, I have a question for Mr. Wendy. Okay, uh, we will be listening. Okay. Okay, um, Mr. Wendy, I am an employer. Um, I applied for the UIF Trust Fund on the 16th of April. To date, not a single person has received a single cent. And this was done via the bargaining council, which at the time was the suggested way of doing it because we belong to the bargaining council. Now I'm trying to get information as to why nothing has been paid out. I get sent from pillar to post. No one is able to give me a definitive answer. And at the back end of this, uh, my staff are sitting without any money. Is there any way that we can sort this out? So, that, uh, so again, it is uh, the UIF payment. Uh, I think I've said up until now, use service at westerncape.gov.za um, because we really need to we really need to help you there. Um, I'm also going to give you um, another another two. Uh, so those people that have asked before. So remember, service at westerncape.gov.za is an email, um, or you could uh, mail support 
business at westgrow.co.za. Um, so these are the platforms that we've set up uh, in the province to try to help people okay. uh, get this push through. They obviously link through to the National Department, um, find out what's happened, why is there a delay, oh. where, have you lost the documents, etc. Because it's, I mean, now it's a long time. I heard, I heard she said it was in April. Yes, that's correct. Um, I mean, we're in June now, so it really is. Uh, the 16th of April to be exact. And yeah. So uh, as an employer, it is very important that just to follow up and uh, yeah, we, we wish you all success. Uh, a question here from, uh, uh, well, it's a message and a question at the same time from, uh, from Brian all the way out in Somerset West. Thank you for this excellent service. When will the Newland Spring Water Filling Facility open, please? Wow, there's always got to be a question that I don't know the answer to. <laughs> but I would presume you could go there right now. Hopefully, uh, masks and sanitize. Yeah, of course. But I mean, I say that without really knowing the real answer. I'm not sure if it was closed during the other levels. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, my gut feel says you should be able to go and get water already. I'm pretty certain that, uh, you know, the other springs weren't closed. Yes. Um, I know I've seen pictures still of people collecting water. Water out in St. James and places like that. So, but I, I, I really must oh, apologize. I don't really know the answer. I mm-hmm. think we're going to have to put it onto our frequently asked questions on our website. We'll check and see why it is closed, if it is, and when it will be open. Okay. Another question from a WhatsApp line. It's a uh, good evening. I am uh, Calvin Jovert. Uh, would you like, I would like to ask the Premier why the Department of Labor's office in Atlantis is still not in operation? There, uh, there are people at the offices, but they are simply refusing to help our people, and their phones are not being picked up or even answered at the same time. So that is a bone of contention. Okay, so again, please um, use that same that same uh, uh, website to lodge your complaint. I'm just going to say that perhaps what you should also do, um, if you can't get through, you can actually go through to our call center, um, 0860-142-142. Okay, and, but but let's get hold of our economics department. Uh, they're trying to work quite closely with the Department of Labour uh, to deal with specifically businesses and opening and making sure that there's management control, etc. Um, but they also should be open to the public at okay. the moment. John uh, Clenance uh, sending a message: here. Can small business still apply for relief? I've applied more than a month ago through all the channels available, and I'm not BBBEE. Uh, haven't received any feedback. Um, lost, and I've lost half my clients. That's from John. What okay, so, so I mean, I know there's 14 different um, funds that you can claim from. Um, so I'm not sure which ones you've claimed or tried to claim. There are different rules and regulations for those different ones. Yes, <clears throat> but I think also try um, uh, try that Westgrow uh, support business at Westgrow co.za um, and let's see there are 14 different uh, areas to claim from and uh, hopefully we find one that matches okay uh, Shemaine uh, Heffer all the way from uh, well she's on Facebook she doesn't say where she's from but she's on Facebook live hi there uh, Premier can you tell us when uh, the visa offices the, the visa offices will be open I need to apply for um, a visa to work overseas uh, um, I have a job there so um 
Okay, so um, I'm going to also again then say please uh, come through. We've I have in the Premier's Department got uh, an international relations office. It depends on what kind of job it is, um, and there are certain airlines that are opening up. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it depends on which visa you need from which country. Um, they will all have different uh, rules and regulations. But uh, I think send it through to uh, our team uh, at service at westerncap.gov.za and say, please, you need to speak to international relations. Yeah. Um, and then we'll find out from which uh, embassy and maybe we can even facilitate that in the meantime. Okay. Continue to send your messages via uh, Facebook Live. We'd really appreciate Although we can't answer everything in this time, but send your messages in the meantime. Um, uh, time is unlimited. Okay. Um, the question that's come through is from Marius Foss. Please, can we have clarity on uh, our neighborhood watches? This is critical to our safety. Thank you very much. Excellent question. <laughs> and uh, under this level, we've just been given uh, the go-ahead that uh, neighborhood watches can start to operate again. So, uh, yeah, I think that's, I mean, I, it was one of those things that I never also understood um, because they could have played an amazing yeah. role in helping people with social distancing in public spaces, etc. But uh, they are definitely able to operate again. But please remember that when you've got people getting together um, and patrolling the streets, etc., remember that uh, we need to do it safely and it's the new normal. So it's masks and sanitizer. Uh, we've got to make sure that uh, that we are not, uh, that the neighborhood watch doesn't become the space that spreads the virus but uh, I'm glad that neighborhood watches an amazing uh, number of people that give their time to make sure that we're safe okay we got another call let's just uh, find it hello there good evening good evening to you please speak to Ellen Windy yes you may please state your name as well we'll be listening okay thank you hi Nabu we are Hi, am I speaking to Alan Windy right now? Yes, oh, please go ahead with your question. My question is relating to my children who are stuck with 400 teachers and maybe 100 professionals in Saudi Arabia. I'd like to know if he is aware of this. Okay, we'll lay the question. The, sorry, you had, uh, no, no, no. Um, this young lady indicated that she had about 400, is it 400? Is she still on Okay, 400 children uh, stuck out in Saudi Arabia. That's the, the issue. You are aware of that. Oh, wow. No, I'm not. Hmm. Um, I do know that I have seen some emails of people that were trying to get back from Saudi Arabia. Yes. Um, but I didn't know about the 400 children. Um, again, please, uh, we do have a repatriation team um, that work on on foreigners leaving that were locked down here to get home. Yes. And of course, they also work through our National Department of International Relations to get flights to come back into South Africa. And uh, so there again, please, um, I would say also service at westerncape.gov.za or, or uh, even even mail my office at premier.windy at westerncape.gov.za and say we have got 400 young people who need to get yeah. back to South Africa. Our international relations guys can take it from there. Okay. Okay. Uh, we just got a few minutes, but, but continue to send your, uh, your messages. It's so important to send your messages. It's important because I can see the privileges when I want to say everything, you know mood tonight eh? you just want to answer everything that's good and even on facebook live you guys are smiling in and, and doing your thing okay question from kevin polter all the way out in pringle bay wow. movement 
of children still needs permit from magistrate court to move between districts to see co-parents. But children can move between districts for church and school without permit. Uh, Minister Zulu announced change last month, then gazetted something different. How can this be uh, addressed uh, for parents? Okay, I'm sure it's the same Kevin that sent a couple of emails backwards and forwards to my email address as well as our legal people. Um, uh, I mean, obviously, we'd have to go and check again legally, but it's one of those things that don't make sense to me um, where you could you could – drive your child from Pringle Bay to wherever, Strands, let's say, to go to school, but you couldn't drive your child to go and visit their mother or mm. their father. Yeah. Um, yeah, those things don't really make sense to me, um, and I think it's also part of some of these crazy regulations. Um, but I, but I, you know, obviously would have to get our legal people to do it again, and he's more than welcome to send us an email again, and we'll we'll have a look okay. at uh, how we can push for some of those changes. Okay. A question here from someone on Facebook Live. We have to point to you so we know that you're watching, and we're watching. If I just they show us, if you you know, uh, Stephen Yule, he said, "Do you, as an opposition party, have any?" say in lockdown decisions or um or other parties you consult with other parties or in case uh, you consult in case of the uh, extension of the lockdown okay so um <clears throat> when you talk about party obviously I, re- I come from a political party but uh, i'm the premier of a government that's for all the people so in our province um i get the opportunity as premier to engage with the president uh, at the pcc it's the president's coordinating council Yes. So I, along with all the other premiers from the province, meet with the president uh, and the ministers, and we have our input into what we think uh, the level of lockdown should be, etc., etc. Um, but then the president also engages directly with political parties as well, mm-hmm. um, which he does. Um, and then perhaps in the province, I do the same thing. We try to engage with other political parties in the province to try and find ways in which uh, you know we can together slow the spread. That's that's really important. Um, so yes, there definitely is engagement, um, both politically as well as government to government, provincial government to national government. Okay, got another call. Here. Let's just uh, listen. Uh, hello, good evening. Good evening. Hello, sir. Hi, is that the radio station? That is correct. What is your name, sir? My name is Steve. Hello, Steve. You like to address your question? We'll be listening. Yeah, sure. Um, I I uh, have my own small business, and one of my um, uh, colleagues was his wife was was tested last week, and uh, she came back positive. Now I've been around him, so where do I stand? Where do I stand with my business? Do, do all my employees have to go into lockdown now for two weeks? Or hello? Yes, we still hear. Yes, you hear me? Yes. So, so that's my question. I'm I'm a bit skeptical. I've been on on the websites, and some say uh, this, and some say that. So I need to know where we stand. I found out yesterday, and at the moment I've shut my business, but it's a tough tough call. Okay, thank you. We'll address it to the premier. Yes, answer, premier. I, don't think, I think he said he's coming to contact with someone who... Yes, uh, it's a colleague of him with his work with his business. It is this person's wife uh, that contracted, uh, was tested positive. So he wanted to know what's the way forward because does he, must he close his business now for two weeks? He wants to know what is the way forward for him. 
I mean, in actual fact, what he should do is, uh, well, let me first say he should give a screening. So the screening will say what kind of contact, how long was the contact, what dif- distance were you from each other, did you have masks on, etc., yeah. uh, etc. Et and that screening will tell you whether you are at risk or not. Um, if you're in doubt, for me, you rather isolate yourself, quarantine yourself for yes. the 14 days um, because you don't want – it makes good business sense to do that. I know that it's going to be very difficult. You're going to have to run your business from you know, a quarantine space, and hopefully you can because some businesses can't if you are the business and you've got to do the service or the product. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's the difficult part, but you have to make that decision. I personally, as the Premier, have to make it twice. So yeah. in the last uh, 60, 70 days, I've had two sessions of uh, isolation where I had to remove myself from any public space um, and had to run the province through a laptop and a camera and a phone. Uh-huh. Um, and I know some of these things are difficult. They're not yeah. easy to do, but it's about doing the right thing, and it doesn't make good sense for your business yeah. um, to infect everyone in your business. So, unfortunately, if you have come into contact, that's probably the best. And you must go for the screening, as you've mentioned earlier on. Okay, we've got another caller on the line. Hello, good evening. Hi, good evening. Um, I'd like to pose a question to Alan Windy. You may, we'll be listening. Okay, I, my daughter and the family, they reside in uh, Dubai. They teach us there, and they they were due to come back in July for the long holiday. But they were informed by Emirates today that they cannot come for the holiday, and their passport is going to expire in January next year. So what can we do about that? Okay, the Premier will, will answer that question. I didn't get it. Um, okay, Yana, she's uh, indicated that uh, she's got someone that's in Dubai. It's a, it's a daughter or family member. And they are supposed to come back home and there. And they were told by Emirates that they cannot come home. Um, um, if they Obviously, they can't come home. And the uh, passports expire in January. So what are they to do? Okay, so, I mean, definitely we will be opening up and uh, it, you, you can already see that certain airlines are starting to fly again. Um, so I would imagine within the next couple of weeks that will open up and you will be able to will be able to come home and if it gets to the stage where your passport is going to expire then you need to go to your local embassy um, in Dubai and say my passport is expiring and they will give you uh, an update or a temporary in order to come home but uh, I presume in the next couple of weeks you will be able to fly. Uh, Premier, we are done. It's already past our time. Uh, we've got all the questions is coming from all over. The Facebook, uh, our Facebook, obviously, WhatsApp line is is going crazy. So, um, obviously, I know there's people that still want to ask questions, and they have a lot that they want to say. Um, so, uh, yeah. Am I allowed to make some closing remarks? Make, you, you may. You may. Okay, thank you. So, Mickey asked a really important question, so I have to squeeze it in. Yeah. How has the unbanning of alcohol impacted on the healthcare service? And uh, we will only really have a number on Monday, but it is already having an impact. It sounds to me like 20 cases a day on average that are moving into our trauma centers. So in other words, someone who's had too much alcohol and 
hurt someone or crash their car or yes. whatever, and that is really not on. It is not cool at all because you are now, uh, because of your, your irresponsible behavior with alcohol, you are now putting someone else at risk who needs that bed or that ICU facility. So really, uh, we need people to be super responsible around alcohol. We've also seen the huge queues, and that bothers me because we, don't, we need to understand social distancing. Uh, so really, I'm asking for responsibility here. And I've also had a note that uh, our website has been updated with the granular or, little, or more granular detail. Wonderful. So, uh, That's great. Nice service for you. <laughs> Thank you very much, Premier Indy, for, for coming in. I really appreciate it. And what you, uh, gentlemen, are doing. So everyone, goodbye on our WhatsApp line. And then, of course, on Facebook Live. Thank you so much for participating. Continue to send your questions. will be great. And the team here will. Bush Radio. <laughs> <laughs> Have a super evening and don't forget to sanitize, mask up and just be safe out there. Thank you very much and good night.